Hi, thank you for joining me. This is John Newby, John 2028 Apologetics. And today's video is going to be about cheating on your spouse. And we're going to go over some statistics here why it's extremely alarming. Okay. All right. So the Divorce Center with AO and Iken, the PLC statistics on cheating. Now I'm going to list you some stats here. And there's going to be some of them that vary within a few degrees of each other, but this, you're going to get a broad general understanding of uh, the percentage here, all right? Percentage of men that have cheated is at 57% their, their claim. Percentage of men that would cheat, and you're going to see how that's relevant to the book of Proverbs here in a minute and the scenario that King Solomon writes. If they, if uh, percentage of men that would cheat, if they wouldn't get caught is 74%. 74%. Family Studies, Institute for Family Studies, their survey came to cheat on a spouse. 53% of males have cheated on a spouse. And then the females is at 40%. So still very high. And of course, you know, you can't look at a study today without it getting political. <laughs> and 18.8% of people who are cheat are considered a strong Democrat when 15.4% of people, particularly men who have cheated, is, at, is a strong Republican. So actually not that big of a difference. I mean, when you're talking millions of people, it is it is a big difference, but... On the grand, on the macro perspective, it's only about three percent difference. Now, here's one. This is the, this is also by Institute of Family Studies. The, this is extramarital sex by religious attendance. So this isn't br breaking it down by Christian, or Muslim or anything like that, or Buddhist. This is just people who uh, who have a faith. Okay, all right. So seventeen point six percent never or seldom go to church or synagogue. Or mosque. Occasionally, it goes down to 14.3. Then monthly or more often, it goes up a little bit to 15.7. Or weekly or more often, it goes back down to 14.3. So there is some correlation. The more someone regularly attends church, synagogue, then the extramarital affair does decrease. And then they break it down to race. They say that 13% of Hispanics do cheat on their spouse with 16% Caucasian and 22% black. But United States is not even in the top 10 for a world's most adulterous countries. And I think that is because we still have a strong Judeo-Christian uh, foundation in our country. And uh, the percentage of married adults who admitted to having an affair, number one is Thailand, number two is Denmark, three is Germany, Italy, France, Belgium, Norway, Spain, Finland, and the UK. Now, this podcast is going to go, could spill into a different direction really easily, so I'm going to try not to open up a thousand cans of worms here. Um, men do tend to be the most... Um, unfaithful in a marriage and also men tend to be the most have the higher percentage of atheism atheists more likely to be men uruguay 69 percent of all atheists are men 
United States, 68% of all atheists are men. Germany, 62. Spain, 61. UK, 56. Australia, 55. China, 52. France, 49. Average percent of all atheists on earth is 59% men. So I think it is intellectually honest to contribute some of the high percentage of men who cheat on their spouses with atheism. The statistics that I've read cover both perspectives and it does seem to go down not just Christians but all faiths. So atheism stands alone as one of the high contributing factors to why men cheat. So now let's segue to Proverbs written by King Solomon who had multiple wives, multiple concubines Okay, so this guy is speaking from experience here. And the book of Proverbs, when he's writing the Proverbs, he speaks about a wife in singular. So it seems that he has learned his lesson in his later years to a certain degree. But let's go to Proverbs 7. All right, we're going to start at verse 6. And he's painting a picture here, a scenario. So listen to how well this is written. For at the window of my house, oh, excuse me, this is the uh, 1995 NASB version. For at the window of my house, I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the naive, I discerned among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing through the street near her corner, and he takes the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. What do you think that means? It means she's a loose woman. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him. So notice that she is the one seizing him. Okay? That's why she's a harlot. And with a brazen face, she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Therefore, I have come out to meet you. So she's saying she's done all the things she's supposed to do on paper, but it didn't change who she is inside. Therefore, I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. So now she's trying to say this guy is special to him, or special to her, when he's clearly not. And now she starts getting sexually aggressive here, even more. Verse 16, I have spread my couch with coverings, with color linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with mirror, aloes, and cinnamon. Those are all back in the day, very, very um, prestigious things to have in a household. Okay. 
Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. And then here it comes. And someone who's taking a chaplain course right now where I'm being taught and trained how to speak to military in particular. When men go across seas and they leave their wives or vice versa, when wife goes across seas and leave their husbands. Listen to what she says. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He is taking a bag of money with him. That means he's going to be busy. And the full moon, he will come home. So he's going to be gone a while, a month. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Now remember, this is King Solomon looking through a window, a lattice, and, and he calls this uh, young person a fool, basically. Is he talking about himself? I would say probably. Probably. Back verse 21. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly he follows her. Now here, listen to this. As an ox goes to the slaughter. <laughs> Or as one in fetters to the dis discipline of a fool. Until an arrow pierces through his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare. So he does not know that this will cost him his life. Listen to that part. So this man's about to lay with a married woman. And Solomon, who laid with married women, or had multiple married women, or was married to multiple women, and had multiple harlots, and multiple concubines, is warning against this. Until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Because the guy thinks he's going to go with a woman and lay on a couch full of mirror and cinnamon and, and Egyptian sheets and all that other stuff. He thinks he's going to have the time of his life. He's going to have guilt-free, sin-free, worry-free lust. That's what he thinks. She paints the picture that you got nothing to worry about. My old man's out of town. He's got a bag of money with him. He's going to be gone till the moon, full moon comes back. It all means he's going to be gone a hot minute. You can lay in this house and we can drink of each other's lusts all night. And you ain't got nothing to worry about. Because I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And you don't think that actions like this split up households? Of course it does. Why do you think Paul warns Timothy? In his letter to 1 Timothy, or warns the people that Timothy's under, excuse me, I should I should say, in 1 Timothy 5, 8. Let's turn to that. 1 Timothy 5, 8. NASB again. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith 
and is worse than an unbeliever. So, if anyone's listening to this podcast, and here, you listen, I cut it, I cut it straight down to the truth. Say you have children, and you left your wife for another woman, and now you have a very poor, if not any, relationship with your children. Paul says you're worse than a non-believer. Think about that. Did I hurt your feelings? That's what the scripture says. There's no sugar-coated Christianity in this podcast. Zero. But here's the beauty about it. All sins are forgiven. Repent of your sin. Repent of it. And come back to the faith. I bring this up because this is a problem that's growing. There are more and more people getting a divorce and they're getting a divorce because of unfaithfulness. And it's a growing problem as atheism grows, it's going to continue to grow. It's always been a problem, but it's going to continue to grow. And even cheating is what some of the greatest men in the Bible did as we've talked about with King Solomon exhaustively already in this podcast. Well, I bring this up because it needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about. What King Solomon's doing here, he's exposing, he's exposing how dumb us men can get, how dumb we can become. Men are capable of amazing things. I'm talking about the gender. Yes, men. The gender. I'm not speaking about humans when I use that term like in Genesis. Talking about the gender of men, the biological sex of males. We are capable of amazing things. Flight, putting man on the moon, the combustion engine, aqueducts, advancements in math and science. But boy, how stupid can we be? How stupid can we be? And yeah, you're stupid if you do that as... King Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote that you're a fool. So the Holy Spirit, who inspired King Solomon to write this, is saying that you're a fool. And you can broaden this on other things like pornography. Or sexting with other women online. Or going on dating apps when you're married. I don't know who needs to hear this. I had to guess. I would say the majority of my podcast listeners. Probably do not cheat on their wife. Or have thought about cheating on their wife. Or are struggling not to cheat on their wife. However. I did feel led to make this podcast for somebody. I don't know who it is. But I'm here for you, my brother. And take this as a warning. If you do have a problem or you're going to have, you might have a problem, you're thinking about another woman. This is a warning. This is a warning. Because I do feel that that is correct. That you're going to be led to the slaughter. 
as one fetters the discipline of a fool. And it will cost you your life. So I'll say this and we'll close. If this is you, or you need, you know someone that needs to hear this, pray for that person, pray for yourself, repent of your sin, come to Christ. No sin can withstand the power of the blood of Christ. Besides blasphemy the Holy Spirit, and that's for another podcast. But your sexual immorality, your sexual promiscuity, any of that, is nothing compared to the blood of the God-man, the eternal Son of the Father, the Lord God and Savior, the Creator of all things, Jesus Christ, what he spilt on the cross when he died and rose again for you. And he knew you were going to struggle with certain things. He knew you were going to struggle with something in your life. He knew you were going to have sin in your life. And he thought about you on the cross and still died and rose again for you, didn't he? So get over yourself. Get over your sin. Repent. Bend the knee. And ask for forgiveness. And do it no more. Unless you're going to lose your life. <laughs>